The Minister of Transport is Omar Al-Gabra for the federal government. He's taken a lot of shots, a lot of hits. Some, I think, have been actually quite fair. There have been delays in the process. There have been issues with the federal mandates that have really slowed things at airports, made it very difficult for international travelers as well, well past their time. Even if we want to agree there was a time and a place, even if we do, I think we're past that point. And there will always be criticism in a job like this. There will always be criticism of uh, importing and exporting restrictions into our lives. But let's find out from Omar Al-Gabra what his perspective is on it a day after the federal government lifted a lot of restrictions, including the Arrive Can app being mandatory, including being quote-unquote fully vaccinated to fly and travel by train in this country. That's now on Toronto Today. This was a historic day yesterday. Uh, some people will say, uh, you you know how politics goes and you know you can't please everybody all the time. How did you feel the announcement of uh, lifting mandatory use of the Arrive Can app and mandatory vaccination policies for travel? How did you feel the public received it? Uh, first of all, Greg, uh, over the last uh, couple of years, it feels like almost every other day has been a historic day. Every other day we have to take measures or adjust measures that have been historic or unprecedented. And to your point, um, um, this was an important announcement. It was another step in our adjustment of our public health measures as the pandemic is evolving. Um, we know now that COVID is going to be with us for a while. Uh, however, that we have passed the acute phase of the pandemic, we learned more now about the virus than we did before. Uh, there's higher vaccination rates. There are um, uh, there's more treatment that is available. So it's mm. uh, it's it came to a point where our emergency order was about to expire, and we had to make a decision whether to uh, uh, lift the remaining measures or not. And I feel, for the most part, most people agree with us. Yes, to your point, uh, some will argue you did it too late. Some will argue you're doing it too soon. And we, of course, want to listen to everyone. But at the end of the day, it was a a tricky, a critical decision, and we felt this was the right time, as good as any time, to uh, given where we are today. ArriveCan will now be optional. Who do you expect uh, to keep using it? Could you isolate a demographic? Uh, could you say, well, for these people who may be more savvy with their phones or may be more productive with in an online universe, they'll be more likely to use it than, say, somebody's parents who are older. I know you know that 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 came to you a lot and people said more senior Canadians or people that don't have smartphones. Um, ArriveCan was more of a struggle, clearly. Yeah, so Greg, let me me be very clear. ArriveCan was doing two functions. One function was uh, verifying the vaccination status of international arrivals. And that was a critical function because we had a requirement at our borders to ensure that incoming travelers were vaccinated. And had we not used this in a mandatory fashion, waiting lines at airports or borders would have been much longer because the verifications would have had to be done manually. Now, I understand, to your point, some people didn't like it. It was something that some people were not comfortable with. Now that we no longer have a vaccine mandate at the border, we no longer need the, the, the mandatory component of that ArriveCan. But there's another part of ArriveCan that helps travelers 
uh, when they arrive at airports, instead of waiting in line to fill out a, a customs declaration card, now they can fill it out ahead of time and have a faster processing time at the airport. So people now can choose. Do they want to wait and fill out a, a customs card at the machine at the airport, or do they want to do it ahead of time? And it will be up to them. Part of that as well would be um, the idea of of who is fully vaccinated. And that's that that gets into tricky territory. And and neither you or I are epidemiologists. But as you know, you probably have people in your own circle. I do in mine that got two shots of vaccination uh, of of of, uh, of the covid vaccine. But, Minister, they may not have gotten that second shot. They may have gotten their second shot 14, 15, 16 months ago. And they're deemed fully vaccinated. So it gets into tricky, ter tricky territory as to when someone's shots are updated and when they aren't. Yes, Greg. And, uh, you know, throughout the pandemic with our public health measures, we said that those were layers of protections mm -hmm. that didn't 100 percent guarantee that no one would be infected uh, or that it would solve the uh, the pandemic. They were just added measures to add layers of security. So, of course, and that's per precisely why at this point in time, the two-dose vaccine mandate, uh, 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 we felt comfortable uh, dropping it because now we're encouraging people to go uh, become up-to-date vaccinated. So, um, but to your point, um, the vaccine still cannot guarantee uh, that no one would be infected, but they offer significant protection, particularly against severe, se severity mm -hmm. of the illness. When you saw, I know the United States dropped uh, their mask mandate for air travel in April. Were you able to glean? I looked at a lot of the data from that, and it was it was encouraging. It wasn't discouraging. I'll put it that way. And flights were still leaving on time. There wasn't uh, mass chaos. There weren't mass cancellations of flight or, or people that work for airlines staying home sick. Did you look at any of that data of five months of real-time data from the United States and say, this is encouraging. We could move forward with this. We did. We did. We looked at not only data from the United States, we looked at data from around the world. And uh, Greg, Canada is one of the last countries uh, to lift the mask mandate. Um, call it prudence, call it caution. Um, we've uh, always been prudent throughout the pandemic. Uh, so yes, not only did we look at that, but also we looked at the results from the ra uh, random testing that we were doing at the borders to also get a sense of what type of vi uh, virus we were importing. So that gave us a sense of uh, confidence that we can now ease these measures. I wanted to ask that about the testing uh, to you, uh, Minister, because I think you, you, you've seen um, you've seen, you know, this uh, this portfolio through a lot of different phases of the pandemic. When we were going through the, the you know, the Delta variant in the summer of 21, and it was certainly a more severe variant. We had more Canadians at that point not vaccinated from it to prevent that severity that we were both talking about. I think the idea of random testing had a lot of, you know, had a lot of oomph behind it. Um, I think when we got towards four or five months into the Omicron era, I'd make the case that random testing of asymptomatic vaccinated travelers, um, I wouldn't call it a waste of time, but it seemed like I didn't know if the juice was worth the squeeze then. I know that you and, and, and experts met and talked about that. Were you sort of it was it starting to wane the idea this is really effective, it's cost efficient, and this is the best way we can find new variants? 
rest assured, Greg, we've been asking ourselves these questions throughout uh, uh, the last year and a half for every measure that we put in place. Uh, the random testing was offering critical insight into uh, the nature and the profile of importation of the virus. And um, don't forget, Omicron, um, at that time, at the end of 2021, we felt like we're about to get out of COVID. Uh, and then Omicron yeah. surprised us all. And at the time, we also didn't know a lot about Omicron, but we knew that it was a new variant of concern, that uh, it was transmit transmitting incredibly fast. So we had to put back some public health measures. And, uh, and, and it was that experience with Omicron that led us to believe that these random testing would give us an early warning about type of variants and viruses that we're importing. So it offered insight. And it's be because of that insight that now we feel comfortable saying we no longer need it. Omar Al-Gabar is joining us on Toronto today. He's Minister of Transport. Um, I've said it before. I'm sure you've had some sleepless nights. Yours has been a difficult portfolio. I think it's a challenging one. I think one of your biggest challenges now, Minister, is to is to aid the travel industry. I think it's to aid people feeling confident again. You've seen some of the data. You've seen some of the ratings of Pearson Airport. What are things, and it's not all on the government. It, it's far from all on the government. It's on the airlines. It's on the rest of us citizens as well. What can you do in your position to get the travel industry back more on an even keel, back more on its feet to where we're all confident in its service again? Yeah, Greg, look, um, it wasn't just the travel sector. We're seeing significant disruptions throughout our economy. Um, I don't know if any, if you know anyone who ordered a car recently or is trying to buy home renovation uh, material. There's a lot of supply chain challenges. And what we're this is partly and mostly because of the recovery from COVID, but also it has something to do with the war in, uh, in Ukraine for our supply chain challenges. When it comes to travel, we saw, because of the depth of the pandemic, there have been significant layoffs at airports and at airlines. And then with the quick restart of travel, uh, the industry was trying to catch up and there was labor shortage. So we worked together, um, the, our government, myself, with airlines, with airports, on making sure that we, first of all, addressed bottlenecks. So for example, we expedited security clearance for new hires. We expedited medical uh, uh, licenses for commercial pilots. We've done few things. We've hired TATSA st uh, staff as quickly as we can. And we worked with airlines on addressing other issues. And I would say, yes, it's been a tough summer. Uh, mm -hmm. But I could tell you that uh, things are looking much better now, and I want people to have confidence in the travel sector. And I certainly will continue to work with airlines to make sure that they have a responsibility to their passengers to ensure that they're able to hold their end of the bargain. I know there's people that are going to be listening to this that'll be worried that um, if, if something goes a certain way, restrictions will come back. I, I think people don't love the idea that the sword's sort of dangling a little bit, and, and they, they love for these to be eliminated fully as opposed to simply postponed. Do you have metrics? Do you have often on-ramps and data that you look at and say, we need to stay on the safe side of X, Y, or Z to make certain that doesn't happen? Yes, Greg, and I hope we never go back there. I really hope. I pray every day that we never go back mm. there. However, any prudent government must be prepared. We have a responsibility on our shoulders to protect our citizens. And I'll tell you, while we do have metrics, but they are not, they're dynamic because there's a, a variety of factors that need to come together. 
First of all, are there new variants? Uh, how severe are they? How transmissible are they? Uh, what is the capacity of our hospitals? All of these factors come into play when we are examining um, uh, uh, variables. And based on the conditions that we find ourselves in, we're going to do whatever it takes to protect the health and safety of Canadians. So I don't want people to feel that this is dangling over their head. I want them to feel confident that the government is going to do whatever it takes to protect them. Yeah. Yeah. There is that there is that fine line. There is that balance of trade-offs. That's for sure. I hope we can get into more specifics of that. But again, I'm, I'm with you. I hope we're moving towards a much, much better place. Thank you for the time today. I wish we had more, but thank you for, uh, for making it for our audience. It was important to have that conversation. Thanks for the opportunity, Greg. Omar Al-Gabra is Minister of Transport uh, for the Trudeau government.